Let's pray and ask him to help us. Almighty God, our gracious and holy Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the wisdom of your word. We pray that as we reflect now on this love song that we might understand something more of your love for us and something more of how to wisely conduct love ourselves. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I think about my favourite love songs, I've realised something. I'm not so keen on happy, smiley love songs. Songs where everything is going great. Your eyes. Your eyes. They tell me how much you care. Ooh, yes. You will always be my endless love. Two hearts that beat as one forever. Oh, I've found in you my endless love. Ooh, woo. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Sorry if you're a Lionel Richie fan, and it's quite a nice sounding song, but I've got to say, the words do nothing for me. I found it all, I find it all quite superficial, a bit unrealistic. Now, the love songs I like are full of pain, full, full of heartache, full of sleepless nights and agonising decisions. Um, I, I love um, the Janice Ian song, In the Winter, where she's alone and single, And she meets the man that she might have married, who's now happily married to somebody else. She sings, You are with her now, I know, but I'll live alone forever, not together now. That does it for me. (laughs) Or there's a, a similar song by the Dixie Chicks, where she gives up on a relationship only to end up alone. And she sings, Now, every day, I wake again in a house that might have been a home. Tears to my eyes. <laughs> or I love Chris Isaac's songs. I don't know if you heard of Chris Isaac, but every single Chris Isaac song is about breaking up with his girlfriend. Uh, I remember one time listening to a whole CD of Chris Isaac songs in the car, and one of my kids said, Dad, how many girls has this bloke broken up with? <laughs> but I never get sick of it. I, I, love the loves, I love the song where he cries out, Look at all you happy people. Wish I could be like you. Look at all your smile and faces. Think of all the things you've done. Look at all your smile and faces when I've lost my only one. Oh, there's pain. There's reality. Now, I have to admit, if I think about it, it's a bit weird. Because, I mean, I married my first girlfriend more than 21 years ago. I've never broken up with anyone. And, uh, and I'm very blessed to have a happy marriage. I have to admit that my own life so far is much more endless love than it is I've lost my only one. And I'm I'm happy that it stays that way. But but even even if it's not my own experience, I find painful love songs much more appealing, much more moving, much more engaging, much more emotionally satisfying. And so again, I have to say, I'm liking Solomon's Song of Songs. Uh, As we come into the second verse of this song, we're going to see passion, we're going to see longing, but we're also going to see rejection and pain, a man scorned, a woman tossing and turning, agonising in her dreams, and another warning, don't rush love. Now, I think this whole section of uh, the song is sung by the woman. Uh, Again, we're going to need to ignore the headings. Now, part of the time she's quoting what her lover says, and that's why we had uh, uh, Kelvin reading the lover's part. But, in fact, the whole verse is her singing, and and the bit that's him speaking is is her quoting him. Uh, So the song starts off. 
uh, with the woman seeing her man. She's at her mum and dad's place, we'll see later on. Uh, he has come to see her, and as she sees him, she thinks, he's a mighty fine-looking man. He's looking pretty handsome as he leaps athletically across the mountains to her place. Chapter 2 and verse 8. Have a look with me. Chapter 2 and verse 8. Listen, my lover, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover is like a gazelle or a young stag. The man arrives at her family's house, but he's not invited in. He has to stay outside the front wall and look in through the lattice over the front wall, trying to catch a glimpse of her. Halfway through verse 9, look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. The girl tells uh, about how the man catches sight of her through the lattice. And he tells us, uh, quotes from him, she tells us what he says as he calls her. He sings, it's been a long, cold, lonely winter, but now here comes the sun. Spring is here. Love is in the air. The birds are singing. The bees are buzzing. Come outside. Join me. Let's play in this magnificent spring. Verse 10. My lover spoke. This is still the woman speaking. My lover spoke and said to me, and now she quotes him, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come, the cooing of doves is heard in our land, the fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So you get the picture, the man is peering into the girl's house, calling her out, come on, come out and meet me, it's springtime, come. But like in all good love songs, not all is well. Now we see that there's some problem in their relationship. That's why she's home at mum and dad's place. That's why she's locked away with him trying to peer in through the lattice, trying to call her out. And so the man calls her. He says, please, will you stop hiding away there in your, in your mountain rock at your parents' house? Please come out and let me see you. Come out and talk to me, please. Verse 14, my dove in the clefts of the rock. In the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. The man calls out, please come out from hiding. And then he uses a very interesting image. Uh, he says, we need to catch the foxes, which he reckons are little foxes. We need to catch the foxes that are ruining our vineyards, our vineyards that he says are in bloom. I think it's an important image for us to understand what's going on. So let's, let's just think about it a bit more carefully. Uh, these vineyards in bloom, what do you think I was talking about? I reckon he's talking about their relationship, their love. Uh, the man sees, that, sees it as being in bloom. It's, it's ready to go. It's time for the relationship to move forward. But the problem is there are these foxes, foxes ruining their vineyard, he says. Now, in context here, the foxes must refer to some kind of problem in their relationship, Foxes are ruining their blooming vineyard, he says. Now, I have to admit, I don't know exactly what damage a fox does to a vineyard. I'm not aware that they eat grapes or steal wine or anything like that. But the image is nevertheless there. Somehow, foxes are ruining their blooming vineyard. They've had some kind of a fight uh, or there's some other issue wrecking their relationship, stopping it from going ahead. 
Now, the man reckons it's just little foxes, as men often do. But it's pretty obvious that the woman doesn't agree. She must think it's more like large wolves in their vineyard or something like that because that's why she's gone home to mum and dad's place. That's why she won't come out and see him. So the man calls to her, please come out. Come on, come on, let's deal with these problems. He's singing, we can work it out. Verse 15. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. So the woman's finished quoting from what her lover said to her and now she starts to reflect. And she says, look, I know that he loves me and, and I love him too and, and he's, he's looking pretty gorgeous as he browses among the lilies outside my parents' front wall there. Uh, verse 16, my lover is mine and I am his. He, he browses among the lilies. She loves him, he loves her, but the thing is this, she's not ready. She's not ready to talk. She doesn't want to talk to him. She needs time to think. This issue is not a little fox, this is a big wolf. And she says to him, therefore, look, go away. Go away until tomorrow morning. Turn away, head back up to the mountains where you came from. Continuing in verse 16. Until the day breaks and the shadows flee, so until tomorrow, turn, my lover, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the rugged hills. So she sends him on his bike, basically. Packs him away. <clears throat> and here he is, scorned, rejected, alone again, naturally. Meanwhile, uh, she heads off to bed to, uh, to think things through, to, to think about those foxes ruining their vineyard, to think about where their relationship is heading and what she can do. While she's asleep, she has a dream, a dream where she's looking for the man, a dream where she realises how much she loves him, how, how much she would hate to lose him. Uh, four times during the dream she refers to him as the one my heart's lo heart loves. She, she realises how much she loves him, she realises how much she'd hate to lose him and so in her dream uh, she gets up and searches and searches for him. I don't think she actually gets up. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, uh, one of those dreams where you think you've woken up but then you realise you're still dreaming. Of course the worst one is when you think you've woken up and go to the bathroom um, but uh, anyway she she thinks that she's woken up <clears throat> uh, she thinks that she's woken up but then uh, she realizes she's uh, but I think she's still in her dream um, in her dream she wakes up heads into the city in the middle of the night to to look for her beloved chapter 3 and verse 1 all night long on my bed I looked for the one my heart loves I looked for him but did not find him I'll get up now, I think still in the dream, and go about the city through its streets and squares. I'll search for the one my heart loves. So I looked for him but, but did not find him. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Have you seen the one my heart loves? She's, she's searching and searching. She's dreaming with a broken heart until finally in her dream she finds her man. And she brings him where? Right back home to mum and dad's place. Verse 4. Scarcely had I passed them when I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let, go, let him go until I had brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. And so the dream seems to have clarified some things for her. She, she really does love this guy. She's singing, I love you even when I'm sleeping. She's singing, in my dreams you were perfect. Now... 
Now, now no decision has been made, and, and we're going to pick up more of her dream next week. In fact, next week we'll see exactly what the foxes were in their relationship, and we'll see how they struggle to deal with them. Um, but no decision's been made, but at this point, the girl, um, she, she wants to give the lesson, and so she finishes the second verse with the refrain that we've already seen. Here's, here's the lesson that she wants us to learn. She sings, you can't hurry love. Don't rush love. Take your time. Don't arouse love until it's ready, until the time is right. Verse 5. So here's the refrain. We finished with it last week. We finished it again with it today. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Okay. So can you see what's here in this second verse of uh, Solomon's favourite song? The woman sees the man as he comes to talk to her at her parents' house. The woman hears the man, hears his invitation to to come out, uh, deal with the problems they're facing and renew their relationship, but she's not ready. So she sends him away to give her time to think. Uh, Then the woman dreams about the man. In her dream, she realises how much she loves him But at this point, the lesson she wants us to learn is don't rush. Don't rush into love. Don't arouse love until it's ready. All right. Let's think about applying this passage to ourselves. Uh, This Song of Songs, it is here in the Bible as a book of wisdom. This is wisdom from God in dealing with love in our lives. And let's face it, what the girl says here in this song is very wise. We don't want to just rush into love. We need to look before we leap. We need to think before we act. We shouldn't arouse or awaken love until it so desires, especially, especially when there are foxes around. Foxes that ruin relationships. We don't know yet from the song what the fox was in their relationship. As I say, we'll see next week. But at this point... This point is just worth reflecting for a moment. What are the foxes that ruin vineyards? What are the issues that ruin relationships? A few years ago, researchers at the Australian National University did a study. It was on the five most common factors that break up a relationship. Can you guess what they were? I'm just going to give you 20 seconds to think about it. See what factors you come up with. The five most common factors in Canberra, admittedly, the five most common factors that break up a relationship. Okay, 20 seconds just to think about it. Can you come up with five most common factors that break up a relationship? Got them in your head? Okay, here's what the Australian National University came up with. The five factors were differences in age, different desire for children, work, alcohol, and smoking. How many did you get? I didn't get many of those at all. Not what I guessed at all. Interesting, don't you think? I wouldn't have guessed those things. But but, but they do make sense if you think about it. I I would have come up with a whole heap of other ones, and I reckon we can come up with heaps more foxes. Uh, Issues like laziness. Did you come up with that one? Um, Lust, pornography, violence, unsupportive friends, meddling family, love triangles, uh, plenty of things that can ruin ruin a relationship, aren't there? There are plenty of foxes. 
And so that's the wise lesson of this second verse of Song of Songs. In the face of these foxes, we need to take our time. Don't rush into love. Don't be rushed by your heart. Don't be rushed by your hormones. Don't even be rushed by your body clock. Stop and think. This is a vital lesson for single people to learn. I was talking to Jackie Dawson of our 9 o'clock service this week. Jackie is a family lawyer. Uh, She is constantly dealing with um, divorces and marriages in crisis. And she was telling me that most of the time there were warning signs from the beginning. Very early in the relationship, there were signs of the problems that eventually led to the divorce. Many people facing divorce say to her, I had a gut feeling about the problem when we were dating, but I was in love, I wanted to be married, and so I ignored the problem. We never dealt with it. Uh, Jackie told me about a case she was dealing with recently. A man was married to a man who tried to totally control her. He was was a doctor, as it happens. Um, But uh, he completely controlled her. Every cent that she spent had to be accounted for. It became unbearable for her to live with. Uh, Jackie said, so did you see any signs of this early on? And she said, well, yeah, I I did have a bit of a gut feeling about it. Um, when, When we were dating, we used to go over the Harbour Bridge into the city and we'd get an ice cream have a nice time, and then when we got home, we'd get home, and and then after the date, he would tally up the day's expenses, and he would charge me for the ice cream and half the bridge top. And that gave you a bit of a gut feeling, did it, said Jackie? (laughs) Just a slight hint that he might be a bit tight. (laughs) Friends, when it comes to love, all the accountants are going, what's wrong with that? (laughs) friends when it comes to love we need to choose carefully we don't want to be so in love with love so desperate to avoid loneliness that we avoid or refuse to confront or ignore potential problems now of course anyone we marry is going to be sinful and problematic Uh, it is possible to be so choosy that no one is ever good enough but the lesson of this part of song of songs is that we should at least stop and think. Deal with the foxes. Talk about the problems. Face the issues. A lot of what I do in pre-marriage counselling with couples is get them to talk issues through. Issues like money and sex and children. We try to identify issues that the couple haven't talked about, issues that could be a problem, and deal with them, talk them through. But you know what? I don't reckon this should be just my job. I don't think this should be just my job. If you are a parent, if you are a grandparent, you need to learn from this passage. We need to teach our kids wisdom in relationships. If you are a friend to single people, you also can offer wisdom on this matter. Now, certainly, we need to teach our children and friends God's commands about marriage. We need to teach them when to stop. Uh, they, They need to marry someone of the opposite sex. They need to marry someone who is free to marry, that is, who isn't married to anyone else. They need to marry someone who is old enough to marry, someone who's not a close relative and someone who trusts Jesus. Those are imperatives that we need to pass on to our children and grandchildren and single friends. Friends, if your kids are more than the age of about seven and they don't know this, you're starting to be too late. They need to know this from an early age. They need to know exactly when to stop when a relationship is inappropriate. But we need to teach more than just that, more than just God's commands. We also need to teach wisdom. Teach 
our single friends and children and grandchildren what to look out for. Uh, teach them what problems there are in a marriage and teach them what qualities to value in a marriage partner. So just for example, Proverbs, Book of Proverbs says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, is havel. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's the kind of wisdom we need to teach. We need to teach single people, our children, our friends, what to value. And we need to encourage them to face up to problems when they're presented and to talk them through. Choosing someone to marry is a big decision. Love has the potential to bring profound joy and richness to our lives, but it also has the potential to bring us a world of pain. And there are people here in our congregation who can testify to that. So we need to choose carefully. Take it slowly. And we need to help each other, and especially the children in our care, to be wise about this. Uh, I guess for married people, this passage isn't directly relevant. I mean, too late. Hey, (laughs) too late. Ready or not, you've aroused love. Like it or not, done now. Um, But still, I think we should learn from this passage. If you are married, you need to make sure you catch the foxes. Do you know what I mean? There are so many things that can move in and disintegrate a relationship. There is so much stuff that can go wrong. There are the specific things we've already talked about, work, alcohol, different expectations and so on. But, but it's not just specific things. Is it? It's just what I would call the inertia of life that just drags you down. Unless you make a conscious deliberate effort to cultivate your relationship, I reckon the normal circumstances of life conspire to cause problems and distance. Unless we work at it, ordinary life will gradually ruin marriage. Ordinary life will tear us apart. Friend, if you're married, can I encourage you, go home and talk about it. Go home and talk about it. Talk about whether there are foxes in your marriage. Blokes, ask your wives. You might be surprised that the ones you think are that big are in fact wolves in her mind. Talk about whether there are foxes in your marriage. Talk through problems and issues. And, and if you can't be bothered doing that, if you're sitting here thinking, nah, if you can't be bothered doing that, well, friend, that may well mean that there are, that may well be a sign that there are already big foxes running amok in your vineyard. A final point of application is this. Now, this passage, again, is not about Jesus directly. It's a, it's a love song about these two lovers. It's wisdom from God. But again, as God speaks wisely about love, he gives us a glimpse of the gospel of love. Now, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus sees us. We see that in our second reading. His word pierces right through and everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Jesus sees us warts and all. He sees us in all our sin. He sees us in all our shame. He sees all the foxes and the wolves and the great blue whales that are in, that are in the vineyard of our relationship with him. And yet he has chosen to give his life for us. To deal with all the foxes, to take away our sin and shame so that we can be with him. This, this love of the lovers is it, it, beautiful, but it's just a pale glimpse of the ultimate love, the love of Jesus for us. That is a love for which we, for which we should thank God. A love, a love we should delight in. Okay, let's conclude. This is no silly love song where everything is happy and rose-coloured. 
This is, this, is, this is the kind of love song I like. This is real. This is a love song with pain. A love song with rejection. A love song with sleepless nights and agonising decisions. And the point is very wise. Don't blindly rush into love. Don't just listen to your heart. Don't just listen to your hormones. Use your brain. Don't arouse love until it's ready. And if you can see problems, make sure you address them. Nip them in the bud. Because, because friends, you're not ready. You're not ready for love until you've caught the foxes that ruin the vineyard. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you so much for your immense love for us, that you see us warts and all, you see all the foxes in our, the vineyard of our relationship with you, and yet you still love us and have given Jesus to die for us. We thank you so much for that immense and truly endless love. We pray, Heavenly Father, that in response you help us to be wise about our love lives. Help us, if we are married, to deal with the foxes, to keep short accounts. Help us to do what it takes to nurture our relationships. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those who are single among us, that uh, they would learn the wisdom of this, of this verse and they would not arouse love until it so desires. Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We pray that we might have love lives that are glorifying to you and that are delightful for us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.